On this week's show, the last head coaching vacancy in the NFL is filled. The Senior Bowl and Hula Bowl were actually played. And we're going to talk about that blockbuster trade in the NFL this week, leading up to Super Bowl 55. In our two-minute history lesson, we celebrate Black History Month with a profile of Hall of Fame running back Marion Motley. That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 182 for February 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table for me, as always, is my son, Adam. I'm here in body, but in spirit, it left uh, on a plane to Los Angeles. Hmm. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of Lions fans are feeling this way. We come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL to the XFL, college, high school, indoor, and arena football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So let's review what happened this past week. There wasn't a whole lot of it. But we'll start with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. A very unusual and bizarre scoreboard this week, at least on the NFL side of things, because while there was no actual physical Pro Bowl game played, we did have the Pro Bowl celebration, which uh, I won't say culminated, because I don't think a lot of people watched this particular Mm. uh, event, but uh, nonetheless, there was a Pro Bowl game played, on a video game council. Uh, so take this for what you will. The NFC, quote, defeats, quote, the AFC 32-12 to with quarterback from Arizona, Kyler Murray, being named the MVP of the game. Um, yeah, I saw some of this on CBS Sportsnet. Yeah, so... It was weird. Hard to follow. Yeah, so uh, for those who didn't know, um, the game, which was not actually played in real life, was instead played via the Madden NFL 21 video game. I forget which console they played it on, whether it was Xbox or PlayStation. At this point, it's irrelevant because (laughs) uh, while the novelty of the idea was probably kind of fun, and I'm sure there were some people who got a kick out of watching it and seeing these guys interact. uh, And by the way, wait till we tell you who played for each side of these teams because it wasn't really all the players that were supposed to be in the Pro Bowl, but instead you had the NFC squad uh, it was like a four-on-four, four, I right. guess. Yeah, one so, one person per quarter. One person per quarter took control of the NFC, and one person took control of the AFC, respectively, and mm-hmm. they worked their way down the list. So for the NFC squad, you had Seahawks safety Jamal Adams, former Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace, and Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray, who would eventually somehow get himself to be that MVP. <laughs> On the AFC side, though, he had Texans quarter. Uh, Current Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, uh, Titans running back Derrick Henry, former wide receiver and host of Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN, uh, former wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson, uh, who really fumbled the ball a couple of times literally in the game, and rapper Snoop Dogg, who is probably the best person on this whole dang thing. Mm. Snoop Dogg is always entertaining. 
yeah. giving us now giving us the infamous P Diddy Mahomes. So <laughs> I love it. Uh, Snoop Dogg was my favorite part about this whole thing. And then Keyshawn Johnson fumbling the ball not once but twice during the game. So apparently I don't know if he plays a lot of video games, but he fumbled the ball in the video game a couple of times, which were pretty funny moments. But outside of a few of those kind of fun moments you got to see, uh, I didn't care. Yeah. This is yeah. one of the, the few scoreboards you'll hear me be very disinterested in what happened. Uh, I'm just relaying to you what went down. And that's it for the NFL sign. Yeah, that's like a said, quick scoreboard. We're five minutes I, into the show. I watched a little bit of this, what it was going on. Yeah. Um, it didn't keep my interest very much at all. Um, I just wanted to get a, a flavor for what it was like. And, and uh, basically... I, I read about it afterwards yeah, to see like, what was going even on. Even the clips I saw, I was like, I don't think I could have watched uh, a full right. however long the game took. Right. Uh, I mean, I think it's a fun novelty idea. I think it would have been maybe sure. a little more fun for people had they done some fans interacting with some of these star players and maybe doing like uh, – I don't know if they actually did this or not because I didn't watch a lot of the Pro Bowl coverage. I started watching the Pro Bowl celebration uh, coverage they did, but when I realized it was just interviews and – I thought maybe it was going to be a lot of, of highlights for all the, you know, highlight all the players, maybe sure. talk about them for 30 sure. seconds because it was a two-hour show and you got 80 players to talk about. Mm. So I figured, of course, you're going to get the quarterbacks all your time. But I was hoping at some point give some offensive linemen some love, give all these sure. guys who got recognized yeah, everybody equal should, love. And maybe they did throughout the broadcast, but it, the way it looked, it was just like they were just highlighting all the, the main guys. And I was like, eh, I'm not feeling the, yeah. the way this is being handled well i actually recorded the whole thing yeah uh, it was you know rebroadcast later on I, I recorded it in the middle of the night i have not watched it yet uh based on what you've told me i'm not too interested in watching it but i'll probably check out some of i think it'd be worth at least skipping around yeah skipping through some of the interviews I'm, oh well just check out the lions players see and, if the lions players so what i do admire that there were some guys on social media who posted you know pictures of their uniforms that they got single everybody mm-hmm. got a package with oh, the typical yeah, hats sure. The, the uniforms. Yep. One player even suited up and ran out into his front yard and started running <laughs> around in his uniform. Like stuff like that was fun, but I, it, it for me as somebody who enjoys the Pro Bowl, I'm probably one of the few who does. Mm. Even though I'll acknowledge the game isn't the greatest game in the world. Players aren't actually hitting each other. Uh, sometimes there's no defense. Right. You know, whatever. I still have fun watching it. I love being able to see all these guys with all their different helmets being on the field right, at the same yep. time. That's always yep. been my favorite part about it. And I will, and it's weird because on this day, February 2nd in particular, the day that my youngest brother was born, <laughs> um, I remember the Pro Bowl was, it was a Sunday. Uh, the Pro Bowl was on, and you were still in the hospital. Because hmm. uh, I kept sitting around. We had a babysitter. <clears throat> One of our aunts was babysitting. And I remember sitting around waiting for you to come home because I thought we were going to watch the Pro Bowl together. Screw the new member of the family that you guys just had. I thought you were going to come home and we are going to watch Barry Sanders in 97 in the Pro Bowl. And, uh, well, I don't think you ever did come home that night to watch it with me. I think I watched a little bit by myself before I was forced to go to bed. Uh So uh, that's my memory of – that was like one of my first early memories of the Pro Bowl, and Hmm. that always sticks out in my head because it's also related to – the younger brother who was born on this day. Yep, yep. Happy birthday, Abram. Uh, Twenty-four today. So, uh, yeah, I I don't remember you telling me about that uh, memory. This was way, 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 way. Well, of later. course. Yeah. So I was what eight years old. Um, Ninety-seven. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was about to turn eight years old. So, yeah. Uh, huh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, didn't know I don't. That. I guess I never told you that, but I always remember that sitting on your bed waiting for you to come home from the hospital because I because hmm. was going to watch it in your room on the TV and <laughs> you never came home to. And if you did, it was later after I fell asleep. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, so that's it for the NFL side of things. Uh, how about we throw it over to you? Because we actually, and you never 
even knew that this was happening. Yeah, we had this, some college all-star games. This, this was weekend. the biggest kept secret. I saw nothing. You know, back a few months ago, they were canceling a lot of uh, college bowl games, and I knew a couple of the uh, all-star games were being canceled. So I just assumed that all of them were canceled. And lo and behold, last week, all of a sudden, I hear that the uh, Senior Bowl and the Hula Bowl were both actually going to be played. And so last week, I got to watch some of the... Uh, um, practices for the senior bowl the hula bowl got no public uh publicity publicity whatsoever i, I saw nothing about it uh it wasn't until the the day of the game that i realized uh, what time they were playing it was like nine o'clock at night on the east coast and so i uh recorded that too and i have not watched it but um yeah the senior bowl and the hula bowl were both played uh one was uh, the senior bowl was on saturday the hula bowl was on sunday and in the Senior Bowl, it was the national team over the American team, 27-24. to 24, And that was played in Mobile, Alabama. And then the Hula Bowl was played the next day. And it was Team Kai over Team Ina, 15-13. to 13. And supposedly that is the last game that was that's probably ever going to be played at the Hula Bowl because they're tearing it down. And At Aloha Stadium. Well, yeah. What did I say? You said uh, at the Hula Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the last Hula Bowl, and it's the last game at Aloha Stadium. Uh, I remember seeing that uh, on our honeymoon. We, we were taking a bus from uh, our hotel to... Well, not our honeymoon. Your no, honeymoon. Your mom and I. Yeah. We honeymooned in Hawaii, and we got to drive by the stadium. Uh, could see it in the distance. It's been such a fixture for so many years. I mean, the Pro Bowl is always played at the uh, Aloha Stadium, and... and are they building a new stadium? Yes, they're going to build a new stadium, I think, on the same site. Oh, they better make it be big about, and nice to bring the NFL back. It's going to be about three years, from what I read, Ooh. before they get a new stadium. But, yeah, this one is set to be torn down, and I don't think they're going to hold any other events. In fact, I was surprised that um, they even played this game there because that's why uh, the the uh, Pro Bowl has not been played there the last couple of years because it's decaying, it's falling apart. And, of course, they probably didn't have any fans in the stands, so they just had the field itself in the locker room, so... Um, yeah, this was going to be the last event there. Sad, but uh, hopefully they'll get a bigger, better, nicer stadium. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, maybe, yeah maybe they'll get an NFL team someday. I doubt it. But, uh, <laughs> shoot, I'd, I'd love to go out and see a Pro Bowl in Hawaii one of these oh, years. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that was always one of my bucket list things was to go see a Pro Bowl out there. Um, and, and in this game, Team Kai was led by uh, Rex Ryan, and Team Ina was led by Mike Singletary. So they mm-hmm. had some... Celebrity, you know, uh, former coaches uh, coaching the team. But like I said, this got very little uh, publicity uh, as opposed to the Senior Bowl where you could watch practices every day and it was on you know, Okay, they had, a, they had a sponsor in Reese's that yeah. uh, also, you know, the big highlight from the game for me was the uh, the Gatorade dumping <laughs> on, on the coach, but it wasn't really Gatorade. It was just a, Reese's a, peanut butter cups. a bunch of Reese's peanut butter cups inside a Gatorade container that they <laughs> poured on the coach. And then they dumped them all over the field, and then people were walking over and smashing them all up. Smashing and thought, them, oh, throwing God. them up in the air. Way, way to treat the sponsor, folks. It looked like a bunch of those Halloween ones. So it wasn't even like the nice ones where you get the double, oh, the yeah, double yeah, cups. It was like the, the single <laughs> little cups. Like, come on now, Reese's. Don't do these guys like that. So, so I was very surprised that we actually had two – all-Star Games from college uh, last weekend, and uh, and that's it for this year, I guess. And that's it for our scoreboard for this week. So not a whole lot happening, and next week hey, at least only keeps, one game, but it's a big one. Hey, at least it keeps our scoreboard streak alive, so I don't have yeah. to start keeping count of we have, we've gone this many weeks without a scoreboard, uh, but with the FCF coming around the corner. Or, FCS, yeah. 
Yeah, they're supposed to be fan-controlled football. It's FCF. Oh, that I thought you meant uh, a lot of no, no, a lot no, no, of no, no, FCS no. and Division all, Two. We division all are aware games. of Adam's love yeah, and yeah. Uh, excitement for the upcoming FCF. Yeah, until you see one game, and then you'll probably say, "This is terrible." I, I reserve like judgment <laughs> until I see it for myself. <laughs> then we'll decide if it's rinky dink or not. All right, well, let's move on to some NFL news. Oh, there can't be that much news going on this weekend. Oh, man. Uh, Just one little trade. Uh, Matthew Stafford gets traded from Detroit to the Rams. (laughs) My heart! In exchange for Jared Goff. Uh, First time in the Super Bowl era that two former number one overall picks in the draft have been swapped for one another. Right, yeah. Matt Stafford was the first overall pick in the 2009 NFL draft. Jared Goff, I believe, the first overall pick in the 2016 Hmm. NFL draft. Yeah, I'm not Uh, sure. I believe that's the – I think that's where we stand. Uh, But, yeah, and that was the last first-round pick that the Los Angeles Rams have made. Mm. Yeah. because since then, they have traded all their first-round picks. They've gone currently five years without a first-round pick. Their first-round pick this year goes to the Jaguars after their trade for Jalen Ramsey last year. And then now, because of this trade, starting next year and the year after, their first-round picks will go to the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. uh, because of what they traded for Matt Stafford. So, yeah, so uh, unbelievable haul the Lions got. I saw a story just uh, this morning. I guess from late last night, saying that the Lions were very close to trading Matt Stafford to the Carolina Panthers for the eighth overall pick and then another pick, uh, I want to say it was maybe a third-round pick or later-round pick. But, you know, they were so close, the Panthers were just getting Matt Stafford's medical information. Hmm. And, like, that's that's when you get to that point, it's almost signed, sealed, and delivered. Hmm. And apparently, I guess word must have gotten to Sean McVay or he was at least finally given clearance at the right time by the owner to they upped their ante, they you know outbid pretty much everybody with two first round picks, and they Lions were like, "We'll take it." Nobody else is offering <laughs> two first round picks, uh, so yeah. And the other side of the story that's really funny is that Matt Stafford and his wife Kelly were in Cabo when the trade went down. And who else was in Cabo but Rams head coach Sean McVay and his fiance? Hmm. So supposedly, after the trade went through, the two found out that they were both in that location, met up, and the two parties had drinks to celebrate a new beginning. That sounds pretty fishy to me. I hadn't seen that story. You you told me about that. Yeah, I've seen it in a couple that. places. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's pure coincidence or if maybe they were meeting in person. Who knows? Uh, so now Stafford's going to be hanging out at that nice house that Sean McVay's got that we saw. Maybe. On the, Hard Knocks? Uh, well, <laughs> wasn't it during no, that the, was the, the draft? Uh, well, McVay's got a nice house, but it was the Arizona coach last year that had the really fancy backyard, oh, the okay. fireplace everybody was talking okay. about. All right. But, I guess I'm getting those mixed but up. No, but the, then, yeah, then the other side that a lot of people haven't talked about as much, everybody's talking about Stafford being in, in uh, LA. Los, Los Angeles, but the other side is Jared Goff. Former first-round pick, number one overall, coming to Detroit. Uh, a lot of people, you know, it, it's split down the middle. You hear a lot of people saying uh, Matt Stafford, you know, is better than Jared Goff. And you got to – there is a section of people that say Jared Goff is just a little better than Matt Stafford. I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't either. I do think Matt Stafford's the better quarterback. But that's not to say that Jared Goff isn't decent either. He had a couple rough years. He led his team to the Super Bowl. Come on, people. Right. But you see – Stafford is going to a good team. Yep. So you've got a 
really good quarterback going to a really good team. Yeah. Now we're getting a who knows? It might even be a really good quarterback yeah. coming to a very bad team. Yep. So who's going to have more success? Well, Stafford. Hold is. on, my, I wasn't saying that uh, golf was going to have more success. I was. Well, I'm just pointing out that their their level of talent is marginal at best. You know the difference between them. And I think Detroit might have gotten a good guy in return. Who knows? Uh, he was clearly unhappy with the Rams at the end. The Rams were unhappy with him. That was almost public. So maybe he needs a fresh start. And obviously Matt Stafford needed a fresh start. So everybody is getting a fresh start. Well, I wasn't even was finished uh, getting my head wrapped around the fact that we were going to be losing Matthew Stafford. And then it just happened. And it happened. And, and you came you came to me, you know, I was sitting on the couch, and you said, oh, my God, did you hear No, you No, 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 you were uh, – out shoveling snow and i opened the door and i saw you out there and i said hey do you hear that everything got you know the trigger got pulled last night and you're no, like i was what? sitting on the couch i wasn't out shoveling. no you were out shoveling when i said the trade actually happened you were sitting on the oh, couch well and... you when you first told me that that was what was going to happen is that they're trading him yes so within okay. the course of a week one week uh ago you were on the couch when I said the Lions are going to – Matt Stafford is leaving. Yeah. They just got to find a trade partner. And then the other night, or it was Sunday morning, you were shoveling. <laughs> and the night before, like, I had literally gone to bed. And it, like apparently the moment I set my phone down was when the trade happened. Oh, uh, It was a 10 o'clock Saturday night. 10 o'clock Saturday night. I just was like, I'm tired. I'm passing out. What – what am I going to miss tonight? And apparently I missed the blockbuster trade, the, the kickoff, the 2021 NFL season hmm. or off season. Yeah. Well, none and, of this can happen until March. What is it? March yeah, 15th? It will be March official until about uh, St. Patrick's Day uh, in yeah. next month. When the new NFL year actually starts. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I would say the Lions have quote unquote won the trade just in terms of the draft uh, picks, the yes. draft picks and yes. the capital. But if you're the Rams, you got to be really happy having Matthew Stafford. And I, I'm not going to make a secret of it. I'm going to order a Matt Stafford Rams jersey uh, the moment we find out if he's wearing number seven or if he's wearing number nine. Because uh, I don't know what that situation is going to be. Yeah. But I'm excited for Matthew Stafford. I will be a uh, side Rams fan this year along with a co-worker. He's already a Rams fan, so he's happy to have me on the bandwagon. And we'll see what happens this year. And the Lions go out and play the Rams. They do. They, they fly year. out. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, if things go normal and he buys tickets, <laughs> that I will go out and see the Lions in L.A., which is would be awesome. Yeah. That's that's a pretty cool stadium. But we'll so, yeah. see. It is. But also between COVID and everything, who knows how the world's right. going to be in September or yeah. whenever the game actually is. It could be a December game for all we know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the schedule hasn't been set yet, but we know. Oh they, man, they do you think they'd make that Week One Monday Night Football? <laughs> well, you know, especially uh, now because they, they've got to be working on the schedule. You got a few that months is a possibility. I would not put that past the NFL to to make that their marquee game for the first. Because at least by then, or that Thursday night game, maybe. Well, no, they, the Thursday night game is always the Super Bowl champion oh. against somebody. Yeah, but I think for your first Monday night or Sunday night game, sure. make that the game because at least then the Lions still have hope. And we can yeah. see Matthew Stafford, and if he creams us, we we can at least go. Well, at least we're zero and one, <laughs> instead of well, Matthew Stafford beat up on a on a seven and nine football team or a five and fourteen. Yeah, but we got draft picks. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting, and yeah, that's the big news. But of course, I mean, we got a couple more things to talk about. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around it's, the fact it's that weird. Look, Stafford look at, is not going to be here after twelve years. I mean, he's been our team for so long, and it's it's really. Uh, bumming me out. Look at my phone background. Yeah, it's Matthew Stafford. Now yeah. we, I, I got to change. I'm not going to change it till he, it's official on March 16th. So I, I still got a month to 
Look at my Matthew Stafford phone yeah. background. Yeah, very conflicted. Yeah, happy for Matthew. Sad for our team. Uh, happy for our draft picks. Right. It, um, it is It is a weird flood of just like we knew we needed to start over, but we didn't want to yeah. start over without Matt. But it was obvious that we had to start over without Matthew if we were actually going to make any sort of real change. Even if like we know Matt Stafford was never the problem. And right. trust me, in 12 years, Matt Stafford was never the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh I think even sometimes you got to throw a good thing out if it means kind of reset. And I know that sucks, but just to kind of reset everything, like, you know, I I won't say bad juju or everything. You're just like, you know what? We know he's the good thing, but if we're going to start fresh, we have to just start purely fresh and and it is time to move on. Well, the new coach was saying that this is not a rebuild. It's a retool. No, that's what the general manager used. But the the minute they trade it, they're trading Stafford away. It becomes a rebuild. Yes and no. I still could see where maybe they could feel the competitive team, maybe not playoff sure, competitive, team. competitive, uh, maybe. But with Jared Goff as your starting quarterback, you either have a stopgap quarterback till you draft a rookie. Mm. Whether that's this year or not, we'll see. But apparently they like Goff enough to where he's at least got two years before the Lions can get rid of him with no penalty. Right. So he's at least our quarterback for a couple seasons. We can see how he does. And who knows? Maybe he's the guy that we'll have for ten years. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I mean, hard to say, and I, I'm not gonna, you know, discount the Jared Goff's talent. I'm very curious what a Jared Goff led Detroit Lions team's gonna look like because we've seen what a Matthew Stafford led Detroit Lions team looks like, yeah. and uh, the offense has never been the problem. Yeah. Well, not completely. Well, I've always said that when somebody leaves our team, if we trade them or if we cut them, whatever. Uh, that person's dead to me. I don't follow him on the other team. Uh, Matthew Stafford is kind of the exception. I I am still going to follow him. I'm rooting for him because I like him, and I think he'll do well in Los Angeles. I mean, the Lions have had a notorious history of uh, blackballing or lowballing guys that have become faces of the franchise. But Barry Sanders, yep. he walked away from the game. Detroit never really was going to give him a trade, even though he, I think the rumors were he was asking for a trade somewhere else at the end of his career. Uh, so no, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, same situation, but he retired early because the Lions weren't going to trade him, and he just saw no other way out. So, and then of course the organization asking for a million dollars back from him didn't help the situation. Yeah, that's that's still a, a sore point. Then a couple Calvin. years ago, uh, or last year, you had Darius Slay get moved uh, because of his uh, public spout with uh, or his public displeasure with Matt Patricia hmm. former Lions head coach so he got dealt to uh, Philly and you know there's been a few former Lions players Quandre Diggs also traded in season a couple years ago they still talk about Detroit you follow their Twitter they'll still talk about Detroit like everything with Matt Stafford they're all happy for Matt Stafford mm-hmm. uh, Darius Slay uh, definitely critical of the Lions for why is it Matt Stafford that gets a pass and not barrier or some of the other players in their history that have wanted out. So I'm hoping this is a sign of the organization finally getting with the times. I mean, as much as it sucks for us to lose a franchise guy like that, you want to still keep a good relationship with a person. If Matt Stafford, who's been a loyal player for 12 years, he's done everything but when you play off games in the Super Bowl, which is not his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done everything else you've asked of him. I mean, shoot, the dude's throwing for 5,000 yards, 4,000 yards on multiple occasions, the fastest player to 45,000 passing yards in a, right. you know, a career. It's, come on, organization, help him out. Like, <laughs> if he needs a, a move, you got to do it. Yeah. And 
I hope that that's the way they handle things from now on. If there's a player who's disgruntled, who's just not happy, you got to still maintain good relationships, and that's what draws future players to your organization. For years, people didn't want to come here because it's like, oh, you ran Barry out of town. Oh, you ran Calvin out of town. And for a while, it was about to look like you're about to drive Matthew Stafford out of town. Mm-hmm. And luckily, they were able to come up with a mutual trade. So, okay, I'm – okay, let's stop talking about Matthew Stafford. I'm going <laughs> to get yeah, all emotional. I think, I think we've, we've run that into the ground. Uh, there is other NFL news going on out there. The Texans uh, hired Ravens wide receivers coach and assistant head coach David Culley to be their new head coach, and that's the final coaching vacancy, head coaching vacancy in the NFL. I have never in my life heard of David Culley before. Uh, I didn't I didn't either, but there were a couple of things I saw, and I wish I would have saved them. I'm looking for them right now. But there were a couple famous incidences in uh, football that you might remember certain plays or certain uh, uh, happenstances in, in like – he used to be with the Kansas City Chiefs, and there was one game or a season where he was the coordinator, I think, for the Chiefs, or he had something to do with the Chiefs. And they, for a whole season, uh, none of their receivers caught a touchdown. Remember, like that one year where like none of the wide receivers for the Chiefs caught a touchdown. It was like all the running backs and and that whole season. That was, that was him. Hmm. No wide receiver under him <laughs> caught a touchdown. And then he's had some other. God, I wish I could find the exact tweet I saw earlier kind of laying all that out because I was just fascinated that this guy was able to have a job after these two uh, examples were made of what he's done with other teams. And mm. it doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's there's tons of uh, assistant head coaches and coordinators out there that, that I'm not familiar with, that, you know, that aren't household names that wind up getting – uh, head coaching jobs, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I don't know. I wish the guy luck, and and, and we'll see and what all, happens. But, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll just see what happens. Uh, Michael Strahan has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, I don't think that should affect the uh, Fox pregame show. Uh, Not really. Much. He's been doing a lot of remote of broadcasting. They're done for the year anyway. The, yeah. the Super Bowl's on CBS, but uh, yeah, so many times this this season. I mean, uh, they were having uh, uh, remote. You know, Jimmy Johnson was never there. And you know, in college, it was um, uh, who, who's the guy on the ESPN game uh, day? With Kirk Herb Street, you got uh, the coach. Uh, yeah, he was always down there at his at his place in Florida by the pool or whatever. Oh man, what was it? Lee Corso. <laughs> Lee Corso, <laughs> yes, yeah. So he was he was phoning it in from his place, and uh, but you know, I, I hope Michael Strahan's going to be all right. Uh, hopefully, he'll have a, a mild case of it. Who knows? And. Uh, the last, well, let's see. Another Jason story. Witten. Jason Witten uh, is retiring after seven, 17 seasons in the NFL. He played for the Cowboys between 2003 and 2017. Then he retired, went into broadcasting for a year, uh, didn't like it or people didn't like him. So he came out of retirement, played again for the Cowboys in 2019. And then this past year, he was with the Las Vegas Raiders. And now he's retiring again. Isn't he signing a one day contract yes. with the Cowboys? Yes, yeah, to, to retire as a Cowboy. And uh, so good luck to him. I mean, that that's a name that's been around forever. Uh, had a pretty good career. So uh, Yeah, he was one of the best tight ends to play the game. Yeah. Uh, especially now that we're kind of in a tight end renaissance all of a sudden with yep. Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Uh, and uh, selfishly, we'll say TJ Hawkinson starting to throw his name out there, getting mm-hmm. a Pro Bowl recognition this year. So I think the tight end position, uh, I would, especially starting with Jason Witten, uh, Kind of was the renaissance. I mean, sure, we've had the Tony Gonzalez and we've had 
uh, a few other guys over the years that were great tight ends. But I think Jason Witten was really like the big receiver for Dallas for a long time. And he was just a tight end. You know, he wasn't the big name receiver like a Des Bryant. But a lot of times, you know, you mentioned Des Bryant, and you got to put Jason Witten in the same breath. Right. Because he was essentially just a, a bigger, uh, stronger, wide receiver. <laughs> and uh, here's a story that I found today in the uh, the Kalamazoo Gazette newspaper. What yeah. the heck is that? The, can, you, can you crinkle news, that a little bit? The, what the, it's a real thing, an everybody. actual newspaper. He doesn't have a tablet with I, a newspaper <laughs> in it. He's got an actual newspaper. I he, get a paper a couple days a week. He walked out to the, the driveway with, with his slippers and his robe. <laughs> And yelled at a couple of clouds, and then uh, a paper boy threw the paper at him. Told some squirrels to get out of my yard. Yeah, and now he's back with a, a paper with printed words on it, which uh, none of us have seen in decades. But it was a very interesting story. It was an Associated Press story about three gentlemen who have been to every Super Bowl, and they didn't think it was going to happen this year because of the, the pandemic, but they are all three going to be at the Super Bowl to continue their streak. Uh, one gentleman's name is Don Chrisman. And then there is Tom Henschel, and the last is Gregory Eaton. They all have their tickets, and they are heading for the Super Bowl. They range in age from 79 to 84, and they go all the way back to the first uh, AFL-NFL title game in 1967 between the Packers and the Chiefs. And uh, they've just continued to uh, to go to the games every year. They're, they're all friends. Um, the one guy is flying in from Boston. Um, another guy is flying in from uh, the Pittsburgh area. And the last guy is from Lansing, Michigan. So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if these guys met at the game or if they knew each other uh, forever. Um, uh, they really didn't uh, explain it all in the article. But, yeah, one guy is a, a big uh, Patriots fan from Boston, and he's uh, rooting for Brady, of course. And I just thought that was very interesting. And, of course, you know that Normal Hunt has also been to every game, yeah. too. But these are just fans. I mean, they're not associated with the teams. They're just fans who have made it a point to go to every game. Uh, mm -hmm. for the last 55 years. So congratulations to them. I'm glad they, their streak can continue and for many years to come. I, and then uh, you told me something uh, about Brady. Uh, you you saw a quote from somewhere uh, where uh, there was a list of guys that were elected to the Hall of Fame at the age of 43. Yes. So the names you might be familiar with, uh, Mr. Steve Young, uh, Mr. Dan Marino, mm -hmm. Uh, a Mr. John Elway, a Mr. Joseph Montana, <laughs> and a Octavius Graham or Otto Graham. Oh, Otto Graham. Uh, all were inducted into the, or sorry, elected to the Hall of Fame at the age of 43 each. Hmm. And Good you for them. Then think about Tom Brady will start a Super Bowl at the age of 43. Wow. It's just insane to me, which means that. To even be elected to the Hall of Fame, you have to be out of the league for five years. Right. So all those guys were, at least. were 38 years old when they retired from football. And here Tom Brady is five years after that, <laughs> still playing, playing in a Super Bowl nonetheless, mm. and now tied for the most Super Bowl appearances with the team he used to play for. The Patriots had 11 Super Bowl appearances. Tom Brady, or I think, is it 11? 10? This is his 10th. This is his 10th, but I think the Patriots have 11 playoff appearances. He's almost got as many playoff appearances as that franchise. Hmm. That's more than other franchises. That's more than the Lions have ever seen <laughs> a Super Bowl. That's more than the Packers have been to Super Bowls. That's more than the Chiefs have been to Super like, It's insane that he has been to 10. He's taken two teams to the Super Bowl now. Yeah. 
uh, Tom Brady is the GOAT. We can't deny it anymore. <laughs> it used to be Joe Montana. Well, it's now Mr. Brady. Yeah. Uh, hate him or love him. He's the best quarterback to ever play the game, baby. The best player to ever play the game. That's all I got. Tom, Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady is so darn good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very interesting stat that that uh, these, I saw that. these players you... were, were elected to the Hall of Fame. At Would the you age do it, 43? And... Yeah. <laughs> I was probably having another kid. <laughs> oh, no, oh, checking, no, I had all my kids. Checking to see if that math adds no, up. Uh, all my kids were Is there were a kid we in, don't in know my, about? My 30s, no. Is there a second family you're not telling us about? <laughs> not that I'm aware of. I hate of. to find that out on this podcast. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> all right, uh, moving on to some CFL news. Is that why news. you turn your phone off during the show? You... Ooh, he's blushing. In some CFL news, uh, former and we talked about this a little bit last week, former Edmonton head coach Scott Milanovic uh, is now going to be the quarterback's coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And we, we mentioned this last last week that he, he quit as being the head coach up there so that he could pursue undefeated a, record. An, an opportunity uh, in the NFL. And now he's got that opportunity. He's quarterback's After coach. After an of the undefeated Colts. record. Don't forget that. He's an undefeated coach up there. Yeah. And, At and he was actually the highest paid coach in the CFL when he said, Sorry, I'm I'm going to try and go to the NFL after sitting a, out for a whole year with because, a perfect record. Yeah, because the uh, uh, the CFL did not have a season last year, so he's he's been on the books for a year. Um, he deserves to still have it called the perfect highest record, paid, highest paid coach, highest paid coach. <laughs> he had a perfect record. I don't know. Yeah, so that was I thought was pretty interesting. And another bit of CFL news: well, they hired a coach today, didn't they? Uh, Edmonton. Yeah, I, I believe they know. did. Adam's going to his phone to check. I was too busy trying to catch up on stuff I didn't do yesterday for the podcast, so I was doing that today, and I wasn't surfing a lot. Clearly, you're you're slacking a little bit. A little bit. Well, see, this is my way of getting you involved in uh, some of these You know I don't like getting involved more than I have to be. (laughs) While you're searching for that, let me tell you that uh, the Grey Cup On Demand portal is now up and active, and they've uploaded their first uh, set of 11 games uh, ranging uh, games ranging from 1946 through 1959. So they got the 40s and the 50s covered. Uh, the 1950 game was known as the Mud Bowl, so that should be interesting. Most of the early games uh, here were just, they're just highlights of the game. They're not the entire game. But you get into the, the late uh, 50s, and they, they are all actual complete games at that point. Um, and uh, there's supposed to be 65 games altogether when they get all this done. And about every, every couple weeks, they're going to add another decade. So the next set you'll see will be the, the, the 10 games from the 60s. And then a few weeks after that, they'll get games in from the 70s. And they hope to have all the games posted by April 22nd. And if you want to find these uh, games or find the portal, you can go to uh, cfl.ca slash Grey Cup On Demand. And uh, Grey Cup On Demand has a hyphen between each word. So it's it's all one big long word. Uh, I did not see a link on the on the Grey Cup or on the CFL main page, but th- this is the address: uh, cfl.ca/slash/greycupondemand, and that's where you'll find all the games. Yep. Did you find what you were looking for? Yes. Uh, just a week after Scott Milanovic resigned to pursue NFL opportunities, Edmonton has named Jamie. Elizondo, the team's 23rd head coach in franchise history, alongside his head coaching duties, Elizondo has also been named the team's offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Hmm. It was announced Monday morning. Okay, I did not see that. So I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, E-L-I-Z-O-N-D-O. Yeah, Elizondo. Elizondo. Okay. 
All right, that's it for our CFL news. Uh, one bit of college news that came out just a little while ago, and I, I know you were pretty excited about this. EA Sports is bringing back a college football game. And I know you've been lamenting this for a couple of years now that you wanted a, a college game uh, to play on your Xbox or PlayStation, whatever. Uh, sounds like they're going to have one now. I, I don't know too many details just yet, um, but I'm assuming... I don't think they, they do either, other than they're just... We're doing it. Yeah. That's all the announcement was. Yeah. And, they, and they made it sound like uh, the last one that they had was uh, Madden, or not Madden. It was but, NCAA uh, Football yeah. 14. Yeah, 14. Had, uh, I had a great little bit for that, too. Um, Desmond Howard was on the cover. No, it was Denard Robinson, oh, former. Was it Denard Robinson? Yeah. Okay. Michigan quarterback. Right. Uh, but has it been six or seven years it has since been they've six had or it? Seven I didn't think years. it had been that long. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh you know, what, because of the whole uh, yeah, the rights co- for college football player rights and all, and that. all that. Uh, and now they can, you know, now you know they pass laws where uh, college players can uh, make money on their likeness and whatnot. So I guess that led to the game uh, being brought back. I know you'll be happy. You'll, you'll be the first in line to buy one. It's, you know, one of the most popular games. I think a lot of people have been tired of just having Madden. And uh, I believe... I mean, I got to find this great picture uh, because it told you some of the players that were in the video game and kind of what their ratings were at that time. Mm. Here we go. So in NCAA football 14, uh, so the 2014 season, I believe this is around when it came out, maybe 2015. The numbering is always weird. But who, the only player to have a perfect rating for that game, Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> Remember him? Mm-hmm. With a 97, there were five guys. Let me know if you've heard of any of these guys. Johnny Manziel, mm. DeAnthony Thomas, A.J. McCarron, Marquise Lee, C.J. Mosley, some notable names. At a 96, you had Braxton Miller, Teddy Bridgewater, Jake Matthews, and Aaron Murray. <laughs> so some guys you might be familiar with, some guys you might not. But uh, those are just some of the big names that were in that game. Hmm. Interesting. You know me. I'm not a video game guy. I don't. I don't play video games, so I'm not familiar with the the Madden game or the uh, NCAA games. I watch you and your brothers play them here and there, but uh, I've just I've never gotten into it. To, so it's, I mean, the, it's just the, not me. The college games were always fun. You had more teams to pick from. It was cool seeing your local like Western Michigan in oh, the yeah, game you, and you playing could play as like them. Western Michigan. Sure. Sure, you didn't have any of the guys' names, but it was still fun to kind of take your team through and try to win a national championship. And mm-hmm. I think it was just a lot more fun uh, with the NFL. Sure. You only get 32 teams and you're, you're for the amount of money you pay for both of those games at 60 bucks a piece. One game, you're getting hundreds of teams, literally mm-hmm. the other game you're getting 30 teams. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. whatever. I, I think it's just more fun. And I think playing online, especially now with people doing their Twitch streams and they're playing like on YouTube live for people to watch them. I think having, uh, all these different college teams will be more fun for people. Like, oh, hey, this guy's randomly playing as uh, the U of M, or they're playing as Western, or they're playing as Eastern, or maybe even the lower level college teams. I'm not. I don't remember how far down uh, the uh, game went. Like, does it go down to the Ferris State Bulldogs? Does it go down to your FAIA schools? Probably not. But NAIA or NAIA, whatever. Uh, like, the, it's been a while, and mm-hmm. but those games were just always fun. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they go down to even to SCS. How would you know? You never played. <laughs> you admitted to it. Well, that's true. Yeah, you're probably right. There's probably no FCS to yeah. 
not FCS, uh, the other Division Two, whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, Peyton's Places, episode number 10 on ESPN+. Plus. You missed it. I have not watched it yet. It's called The Last Line of Defense. I couldn't tell you who's in it. Um, I could not get it to stream. I've been having all kinds of uh, uh, issues with my computer being slow the last couple of days. I was lucky enough to get everything done for today. I don't know what's going on, but uh, I will be watching that, and hopefully there'll be a, a episode 11 to talk about next week, too, so we'll talk about both of those at that time. Arena Football TV on YouTube. One of the games they posted this week was from 2003, a game between the L.A. Avengers and the Colorado Crush. And moving on, we do have four obituaries to talk about today. Uh, one of them actually goes back to December, but uh, the rest of them were uh, fairly recent. But we'll start out here. The first one I have is uh, Gene McDowell, a uh, former college football head coach. He has passed away at the age of 80. McDowell played linebacker and guard at Florida State. He went into coaching uh, at the school in 1968 and 1969. He then spent four years as an assistant coach at Kansas State from 1970 to 73 before returning to FSU as an assistant coach from 1974 to 1984. In 1985, he became the head coach and the athletic director at the University of Central Florida. The program was struggling financially, so he signed a contract for just $1 to coach for the first year. He is considered by many to have single-handedly saved the football program at UCF. In 1990, McDowell won the Eddie Robinson Award as the Division I AA Coach of the Year. McDowell coached at FCF, UCF, I'm sorry, UCF from 85 to 97 and posted a record of 86 wins and 61 losses. He also coached the Tallahassee Thunder of Arena Football 2 in the early 2000s. McDowell was inducted into the Florida State Hall of Fame in 1985. Our next obituary is that of Patricia Rooney, the widow of former Pittsburgh Steelers owner Dan Rooney, and has passed away at the age of 88. Patricia and Dan married in 1952 and raised nine children. Dan Rooney passed away in 2017. Yeah, that's the second week in a row that we've uh, had a widow pass away. Last week it was the widow of um, uh, the Cowboys coach, um, Tom Landry. Mm. His widow passed away. And so this week it was uh, Patricia Rooney. Uh, another obituary, Lonnie Perrin, a running back in the NFL for four seasons, passed away at the age of 68. Perrin played college football at Illinois and was selected in the fifth round of the 1976 NFL draft by the Denver Broncos. He played in Denver from 1976 through 1978. Perrin and the Broncos played in Super Bowl XII, but lost to the Dallas Cowboys 27-10. He finished his brief playing career with the Chicago Bears and the Washington Redskins in 1979. In our final obituary, the one from December that uh, you were talking about just yep. a little bit ago, uh, is that uh, Don Calhoun, a running back in the NFL and the USFL, has passed away at the age of 68. Calhoun played his college football at Kansas State. He was selected in the 10th round of the 1974 NFL Draft by the Buffalo Bills. He played one full season in Buffalo and was traded during his second season to the New England Patriots, where he played from 1975 to 1981. Calhoun also played for the Philadelphia Eagles in 1982 and then finished his playing career with the New Jersey Generals of the United States Football League in 1984 calhoun was inducted into the kansas sports hall of fame in 2009 he is also a member of the wichita sports hall of fame and the north high school hall of fame 
Yeah, I don't know why it took so long for this uh, to to make the uh, the news, but he passed away in December. So it's been, uh, you know, about two and a half weeks or so. Months. But... Oh, yeah, this is February, isn't it? Okay, yeah, two and a half months. You're welcome. But anyway, it, it's just been a while. But I, I found that, and I thought it was important to, to add that to our show. Okay. Birthdays today. Well, we've already mentioned your brother Abram turned 24 today. That makes him the kid of the week. But another person you may have heard of is Bears founder George Hallis, born on this date in 1895. He passed away in 1983 at the age of 88. He was a player coach of the Decatur Staleys in 1919. The team became the Chicago Bears in 1922. He attended the meeting in Canton, Ohio that founded the NFL in 1920. He coached the Bears for 40 years and won six NFL titles. And he's the first one I've ever known of that had his initials put on the sleeve of the uniform as soon as he passed away. And William Clayford has his on the Lions now. But George Hallis, I mean, he he was the Bears right. Right, from day one. I can't think of any other teams that have their owners' initials anywhere no. on their uniform. No. Well, they've all changed hands so many times. Do you think that... Jerry Jones will be so egotistical to have the Cowboys put J.J. on their <laughs> uniforms? I don't know. I would not even venture a guess on that. Okay, let's move on to this week's two-minute history lesson, and uh, we're going to celebrate Black History Month with a profile of running back Marion Motley. Marion Motley is one of four African-American players who helped reintegrate pro football. From 1920 to 1933, there had been a grand total of just 13 black players in the NFL. Motley and teammate Bill Willis helped break the color barrier in 1946, when they were signed to play for the Cleveland Browns of the All-America Football Conference, a rival league to the NFL. Motley played college football at South Carolina State University and at the University of Nevada. He then joined the Navy and ended up playing football at the Great Lakes Naval Training Station in 1944 and 1945. His head coach there was none other than future Cleveland Browns head coach Paul Brown. Brown was well aware of Motley's talents on the gridiron when he signed him to the Cleveland Pro Team in 1946. It did not matter to Coach Brown that Motley was black. He simply wanted the best players on his team, and Motley certainly fit the bill. Marion Motley played eight seasons with the Browns from 1946 through 1953. He also played one season for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1955. He helped lead the Browns to five consecutive league titles, four in the AAFC between 1946 and 1949, and one in the NFL in 1950. He also played in three more NFL title games in 1951, 52, and 53. At six foot one and 232 pounds, Motley was as big as many of the linemen that he faced on the field. He was the all-time leading rusher in the four years of the AAFC, and he also led the NFL in rushing in 1950. He was a versatile and powerful player on offense and defense and special teams. He rushed for 4,720 yards and 31 touchdowns during his career. He also caught 85 passes for 1,107 yards and 7 touchdowns and returned 48 kickoffs for 1,121 yards. He appeared in 10 playoff games. Motley died in 1999 at the age of 79. 
1994, he was named to the NFL's 75th anniversary all-time team. And in 2019, he was named to the NFL's all-time team as part of the league's 100th anniversary celebration. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1968, and he will always be remembered as a tough player who helped usher in a new era in professional football. An era where it doesn't matter what color your skin is, but rather, can you play the game? Marion Motley could definitely play the game. Some of the best history lessons you do are this time of year, because uh, I forgot that we, you, you were doing it. Because I was like, oh, are you focusing on a Super Bowl history lesson this week? And you said, nope, it's Black History Month, so we're doing our four weeks, or I think it's <laughs> yeah, five, four yeah, we weeks four of uh, Black History Month. So yep. Next good. week I'm going to do uh, Bill Willis. Ooh, who spoiler was, alert, everybody. Well, who was uh, Motley's teammate with the Cleveland Browns. Okay. So get those guys out of the way. And then I've got a couple more that I think are kind of interesting coming up in the weeks after that. So, yep, I always enjoy these. Uh, I learn these a lot are usually, I these are usually some of your best, if I don't mind saying mm. myself. Okay, let's move on to our NFL predictions. Uh, only one game, and, and we held off uh, making our prediction last week to give us some time to think about this. So I don't know if you want to go first, you want me to go first, but uh, we're going to make our picks. So who's it going to be? Is it going to be Kansas City, or is it going to be Tampa Bay? Well, well, we'll start with you. Uh, okay. You were a 1-1 one and one during the conference finals. You got one right, one wrong. I had both <laughs> my guesses wrong. <laughs> so neither of the teams I thought would make it to the Super Bowl made it, even though I should have known better than to bet against the Chiefs. Uh, but yeah, how about you go first? Well, this this is going to be uh, this is a great storyline. It is already. You've got forty three year old Tom Brady, his tenth Super Bowl, and then you've got the kid Patrick Mahomes, last year's uh, MVP and uh, Super Bowl MVP. Super, yeah, Super Bowl MVP won the game. Um, trying so, to go back to back, yeah. First team to do that since Tom Brady's Patriots. Yeah, there's a so lot, yeah, a lot of stories. It's going to be really, really fun to watch this game. Uh, can Brady do it again? Is that Brady magic going to last through another Super Bowl? He's lost some Super Bowls before, and uh, um, I, I'm definitely rooting against Tom Brady. Uh, I am, I'm pulling for the Kansas City Chiefs. I would not be surprised if either one of these teams win this game because they're both really good. Um, but I am. I'm going to say that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game just because I want them to win. <laughs> well. I'm, I'm not putting money on this game. I'm, I'm uh, betting with my heart, and I want Kansas City to win. Well, I know who I want to win, but is that who I think is going to win? I think uh, these two teams, they played each other. We watched that game. They played in that same stadium, so it's a rematch. Uh, can Kansas City do the exact same things they did? Tampa Bay might be slightly better than they were at that point. You know, they were still kind of figuring their chemistry out. Tampa Bay had to win three straight road games during the playoffs just to get yes. to this point. Yes. They beat, uh, you know, a Saints team that they'd lost to twice during the regular season. They beat a Washington team that was uh, debatable on whether or not they should have even have been in the playoffs. They beat a Green Bay team that everybody thought was probably the best team to give Kansas City a run for their money. Mm -hmm. And now here they are, the first team to have a home playoff or home Super Bowl ever so this is that'll be an interesting element to it but it's hard to argue against kansas city against a, a healthy patrick mahomes they've already got i've heard this morning there were a couple COVID issues with some of their offensive linemen or one of their offensive linemen hmm. uh and maybe one of their receivers so who knows how much that's going to affect things yeah, by by sunday everything. they got to get five positive or five negative COVID tests to get reinstated to the game so 
It'll be really interesting. It's going to be the most different Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, it just so happens it'll be the first one it, a home team gets to host. Yeah. So a lot of stuff riding on, you know, in storyline-wise, like you, we were just saying, uh, but I hear people screaming, just get to your pick, and I'm picking, I'm picking the Chiefs. <laughs> it's hard to not pick the Chiefs. But like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady pulled another rabbit out of his hat. Yeah. If Tom Brady, the 43-year-old goat, somehow was able to best the young wonderkin that's taken the NFL by storm. Yeah, like, that's just the kind of scenario that Brady thrives on. You know, yeah. national stage, Super Bowl. Uh, he's got a whole – I don't know what it is with his mentality. Like, dur- during media day, you know, he's fun, he's jovial, he's really nice to, to talk to. But when he locks into the game and it's on the line, he is ready to go, and he's got that team ready. Mm-hmm. So if anything, win or lose or draw – well, they can't draw. <laughs> win or lose, I think this is going to be a good game for both teams. I think yeah, uh, I, I think so, too. I think we're expecting – this always happens. We expect a yes. fireworks show, yes. which probably means – it's coming down to the defense. Yeah, it's going to be a defensive struggle. The final score is going to be three to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Let's hold on. Let's Something not kid like that. Let's not kid ourselves. I just think it's funny that Patrick Mahomes, uh, the last time Patrick Mahomes went a game, regular season or playoff or Super Bowl, without scoring a touchdown himself, like either throwing or running, mm. was um, last year on their Super Bowl journey. They lost in Detroit to the Detroit Lions. And it's ah. the last time Patrick Mahomes – has never scored a touchdown in the game. Hmm. Lions held him to no rushing touchdowns, no passing touchdowns. Hmm. And the Chiefs still won that game. But think about that, though, that every game Patrick Mahomes is guaranteed to score a touchdown unless he's going up against a Matt Patricia defense, <laughs> which if you're any other team, you're going to get your quarterback to score a touchdown. Yeah. So That's uh, an interesting little tidbit. Um, yeah, I heard that I, said, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, but, I remember watching that game, and Detroit had that game won. Yeah. And, and Go look up that game. Came, it was a crazy they game. They came from behind. Kansas City did in the, the last Somehow the Lions so. gave the Chiefs a run for their money. Yep. Oh, yeah. They, it, was, it was a good game on, on Detroit's part until the last couple yeah. minutes. But regardless, Kansas City, I think this is theirs. The, I think back-to-back champs, you know, uh, I won't say dynasty in the making, but mm. we're getting there if they pull the back-to-back off. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's see. The last, uh, last thing on my list here is upcoming events. February 7th, that's this Sunday, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. It's Kansas City versus Tampa Bay. And uh, February 13th, the fan-controlled football season begins. And then yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to have some uh, college football also going on uh, beginning in, uh, later this month. So we'll uh, be reporting on that as we know more. And who knows? Are we finally going to take a week off? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then finally on our upcoming list uh, is the NFL Draft, uh, April 29th through May 1st. So we'll see what happens at that time. Uh, will Detroit use any of their uh, draft picks that they got from uh, from Los Angeles? To, well, they'll use their third round To pick. either trade away, you know, some uh, future first round to move up in the first or second round and get somebody they yeah, want. we'll see. Who knows? Uh, you think it's crazy now? Wait till uh, the actual offseason starts. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, anything else before we call this a show? Nope, we are good. And for the second straight week, I think we're going to make it under an hour. Yep, all right. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF. 
uh, on Twitter, and then <laughs> TWOF Kalamazoo. T- TWOF Kalamazoo on Twitter. Uh, that's also the slash after Facebook.com slash uh, TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Tuesday, and we are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So subscribe wherever you need to. Uh, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. And enjoy yourself. Be safe wherever you're having your Super Bowl parties or if you're going to a bar or having it at your house. Socially distance. Be safe. And yep. just enjoy what will hopefully be a great game yeah. with mediocre commercials probably. We haven't <laughs> had a great commercial in a while. I've heard that the, the guys from Wayne's World are putting together a commercial. <sighs> Way to spoil. I had no clue. Now... <laughs> Well, they've, they've already uh, put out a couple of uh, I'm ignoring today. all the ads. I'm trying uh, to ignore all the ads, and hopefully I don't stumble upon okay. them. Well, I haven't Thanks seen, for I haven't seen the ad, but I just I saw the Thanks headline. Thanks for spoiling it for me. I saw you looking over at my uh, my pin board that's yeah. behind you with all the football pins. Uh, I got my 14-gallon pin uh, last week. Yeah. Last Monday, I, I donated blood again. That's like the third or fourth time I've done that during this pandemic. And um, uh, I've surpassed 14 gallons in donations, and they didn't have a, the pin um last time in november when i donated and so when i donated this time i i asked them and they did have a 14 gallon pen so it's on my board congratulations um, yeah thank you and um, are you trying to milk this to get to over an hour for some reason no, no. okay <laughs> but i just saw you looking at it and i, I was gonna mention it's right there and yeah. so i was just looking at it okay and remember folks some people may love football more than we do but nobody loves more football than we do or giving blood apparently yeah join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in and around the world of football until then i'm randy snow and i will be seeking a grief counselor for the loss of matthew stafford well uh, let me go with you Uh, I'll, i'll drive see you next week